Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Cara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, and we're currently on season three. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to a very special podcast episode, a melding of five beautiful minds onto one podcast. I'm Stephanie from the Prophecy Girls podcast, and I'm here with some lovely ladies. Let's all go around and introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Sarah from Becoming Buffy. I'm Tabby from Becoming Buffy. I usually don't sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leah, also from Becoming Buffy. And I'm Kara from Prophecy Girls. Yeah, Prophecy Girls just sandwiching Becoming Buffy <laughs> in this wonderful little recording. Uh, thanks for joining us, ladies. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having us. We're so excited. This is really exciting for Kara and I because we've yet to have any guest Oh, that's people true. On our oh, you guys are, oh my gosh. We're your first. Oh, we're your yeah, first. We've been very <laughs> exclusive. We've been very, very picky. And uh, <laughs> let's just tell a little bit about how we met each other because we're all in different areas of North America. Um, I believe we met on social media. We're social media buddies, aren't we, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. We saw you guys pop up when you were like, hey, coming soon on Instagram. And I was like, ooh, I can just tell this is going to be so good. Like you guys were so professional, so prepared. And yeah, I've absolutely adored your guys' podcast and your TikToks especially. Uh, and we were scoping out you guys, obviously doing some research before we started uh, recording our podcast. So we knew of Becoming Buffy. We knew that you were doing something really special and we didn't want to step on their toes. So we set up these really nice social media buddy relationships early on and look at what it's blossomed into. It's a beautiful thing. I know. I feel like we're like little allies over here in our Bangel love. I'm like, yay, go. I like cheer you on from the sidelines. Go little rock yeah, stars. Go little rock stars. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's nice to have other people doing what we're doing and you can relate to each other that way. And Car and I say this all the time on our podcast, like Buffy is relevant. Buffy remains relevant 25 years later younger people are still watching it older people are still loving it it's it's something great that needs to be shared and that's that's what we're doing here today it's like thanksgiving over in the buffy universe (laughs) yes thanksgiving for easter yeah but we wanted to do a bonus episode for a while and uh we were trying to figure out the best thing to do and we've come up with something pretty fun yes yeah you guys have the best ideas well where did we get this idea cara so this actually came up on the prophecy girls discord server Um, Somebody was commenting on how Steph and I tend to sort of redo a lot of the lines that were in an episode. And sometimes we have slightly different ways of saying those lines. And they were like, it would be really cool if the two of you like did a table read of an episode. Mm. And we were intrigued by the idea, but thought that maybe just the two of us by ourselves, that might be a lot in terms of just the number of roles for us to read. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Steph had previously mentioned wanting to do a collaboration with Becoming Buffy. And I was just like, why don't we put this forward? Because then it would be five of us. Mm -hmm. We have a whole cast here. (laughs) (laughs) True. So that's what's going on. And uh, you lucky listeners out there, this is this is gonna be fun table read. And what what episode are we doing, you guys? 
band candy. Band candy. Nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we, we had a couple all lined up there. We're like, which ones, which ones? I know we had um, Homecoming was an option. I think Lover's Walk was another was one. Full for Love one too? No, we were, I think we were just looking at the ones we've done so far through the oh, first three yeah. seasons. Yeah. But this one, I just, there's something about this episode, the dialogue, like every single like line is just fantastic. It just... I feel like this is the obvious choice. Well, I think this one's this one's fun too because um, the characters there's not so much pressure to be like like Giles. He's more like Ripper Giles, so you can kind of play with that. Or like um, like I'm being Joy, so there's a little <laughs> bit more like nuance in that character that she's playing in this episode, rather than feeling the pressure to be like I have to fill the shoes of like normal Giles. You know, like they're a little bit more characterish <laughs> in this episode, which can make it really fun. It's a lot more fun to do a lighthearted episode. Yeah. I feel like if we had mm-hmm. to do a really dramatic episode, <laughs> I would feel like, I think I'd be sweating because it would feel like, like an immense. audition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's so much pressure to get it right and all this stuff. Whereas like this one, it's like everyone laughs at the episode anyways. So it's like, there's a lot less pressure. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, let's let's kind of, so we're doing band candy and let's, we can even like say which characters we're all going to be just so people get an idea of our voices and then we're going to jump right into it. Uh, I will be doing the narration for the episode because I talk really fast anyway and may as well do it. Uh, but I'm also going to be covering Principal Snyder and of course my boyfriend, Angel. <laughs> um, and then I, as Sarah, I'm going to be doing Giles and Oz and Miss Barton, which I'm especially excited about, and then Worker Man. <laughs> Love Miss Barton. Uh, me, Tabby, the frog over here, um, <laughs> which is funny because I ha- literally have a phobia of frogs. Oh, but just like Willow. True. That's true. It's the red hair. Um, I'm going to be Mayor Wilkins. I will be Cordelia, Joyce, and the old shirtless man. This is Leah, if you can tell. Um, I'm going to be playing Buffy, Xander, and police officer and car crash man. Oh, it's too good to pass up. And I'm Kara. I'm going to be playing Mr. Trick, Willow, Devin, and Ethan Rant. Devin? Devin? <laughs> We're all like, who's Devin? Oh, yeah. We sometimes call him Mitch. Well, you know him from our podcast. Yeah, we call him Mitch sometimes. We, just, we, call, we call all of Cordelia's boyfriends who are Xander Mitch. That's <laughs> love that. There he is. I know yeah. the first season, especially, you're like, wait a minute. Wait, who is this? Like, they don't do have any sort of transition between them sometimes. And you're like, I can't remember all their names. I just remember Prophecy Girl Boyfriend. Um, his name was yeah. like Kevin or something. No, that's Mitch. <laughs> Oh, that's Mitch. <laughs> that's Mitch. Yeah, so no, so there is only one Mitch in this episode, and Kara's playing him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we're ready. So as you can tell, some obviously iconic characters in this episode, and some not so much like, you know, shirtless man. <laughs> but let's get into it. So we start off in Sunnydale Cemetery at night. Buffy is sitting on a blanket and Giles is behind a nearby gravestone. He has a book open and he's reading from it. And on that tragic day, an error came to its inevitable end. That's all there is. Are you ready? Hit me. Which of the following best expresses the theme of the passage? A. Violence breeds violence. C or B. All things must end. C. Buffy looks down at her answer sheet and fills in a bubble with her number two pencil. B. I'm going with B. We haven't had B in forever. This is the SATs, Buffy, not a connect the dots. Please pay attention. A low score could seriously harm your chances of getting into college. Gee, thanks. That takes the pressure right off. This isn't meant to be easy, you know. It's a rite of passage. 
Well, it's too late to join a tribe where they just piece something. Or wait, can I do that again? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're stressing me out. How are you doing it so well so fast? I'm keeping all the bloopers in, by the way. Yes, that's right. We're used to it. There's literally full arguments in our blooper rules. (laughs) I actually am keeping one in for this next week. I'm really excited. Nice. Oh, no. Well, is it too late to join a tribe where they just piece something or cut something off? Pierce. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. It sounds like you're saying peace something. I am. I'm <laughs> saying peace. I'm saying peace. Maybe that's oh what gosh. she meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, is it too late to join a tribe where they just pierce something or cut something off? Buffy, please concentrate. She sees a vampire approach behind him. Roll. She tosses her notebook and answer sheet off of her lap and scrambles out from under her blanket and to her feet. What? (laughs) He sees her rushing toward him, instantly realizes that he needs to get out of the way, and shoulder rolls onto the ground out of danger. Buffy vaults herself over the gravestone and sidekicks the advancing vampire in the stomach. They fight for a while. Buffy takes her pencil and stabs him cleanly in the chest. She pulls it out, and the vampire bursts into ashes. Buffy starts back to her blanket. She looks at the tip of her pencil and sees that it's broken. Hmm, I broke my number two pencil. Well, we'll have to do this again sometime. Giles extends his hands. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was all ready. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Giles extends his hands to her holding a sharpened number two pencil. Oh, see, all systems tend towards chaos. She flips her broken pencil at him and snatches the new one from his hand. Buffy sits back down cross-legged on her blanket and picks up her notebook and answer sheet. I just know that us and the undead are the only people in Sunnydale working this late. She pouts up at Giles and waits for him to start reading again. Cut to the mayor's office at Sunnydale City Hall. He starts to walk out from behind his desk. I appreciate you coming. I realize this is early for you, but I think you'll agree that this matter is urgent. Also, delicate. I'm a very delicate person. So you feel you can handle this? It's a little out of my element, but I can get you what you need. I know a beast who knows a guy. Are you sure that subcontracting is the way to go here? Well, this guy's worked your town before, and if he lives up to his rep, this place will be in flames. I've made certain deals to get where I am today. This demon requires his tribute. You see, that's what separates me from other politicians, Mr. Trick. He opens the cabinet. The shelves are full of occult paraphernalia. Skulls, a fetus preserved in a bottle, various urns and chests, a sunken head, and various tools of the trade. I keep my campaign promises. He reaches in and takes out the shrunken head. He pulls on the tuft of the hair on top, and a small section of the head pulls open and folds back on the leathery skin. The mayor takes a quick sniff from the hole and closes the flap of skull and skin again. Mm, where'd I put that scotch? Opening credits roll. <laughs> Who's going to sing the Buffy theme? Just our version of it, our glee version. <laughs> Part one, the quad at Sunnydale High. Buffy, Willow, and Oz are appear at the top of the outdoor stairs and start down. And then I was being chased by an improperly filled in answer bubble screaming, none of the above. Wow. I hope that wasn't one of your prophecy dreams. Probably not. Hey, you know, I took it last year. I could help you get ready. There's this whole trick to antonyms, but this isn't the place. Oz is the highest scoring person ever to fail to graduate. Isn't she cute when she's proud? She's always cute. Cordelia and Xander come out through the breezeway and walk behind them. We could work on it tonight. Work on what tonight? Oh god, are we killing something again? Only my carefree spirit. Buffy SAT prep. 
Oz is helping. He's the highest scoring. We know. We did the impress thing already. I hate that they make us take that thing. It's totally fascist. And personally, I think it discriminates against the uninformed. Actually, I'm looking forward to it. I do well on standardized tests. What? I can't have layers? So, Buff, study tonight? Uh, yes, on the studying. No, on tonight. I'm putting in mom time. She's been drastic ever since I got back. And Giles is even worse. I'm supervised 24-7. It's like being in the real world house. Only real. Hmm. They see a table piled up with boxes of Milk Bar fundraiser chocolate bars. Other students are each taking a box as Snyder checks their names off on his clipboard. Ooh, candy bars. Lots of them. Snyder holds out a box. Principal Snyder, thank you. You weren't visited by the Ghost of Christmas Past by any chance. It's band candy. Let's hear it for the band, huh? Very generous. You will sell it to raise money for the marching band. They need new uniforms. Yeah, those tall fuzzy hats ain't cheap, huh? But they go with everything. I'm sure we love the idea of going all Willie Loman, but we're not in the band. And if I handed you a trombone, that wouldn't have been a problem, Summers. It's candy. Sell it. Snyder walks off, leaving them all staring at their boxes. Cut to the kitchen at Buffy's house. She and her ma... <laughs> oh no. She and her mother are eating Chinese food for dinner at the island. But you're not in the band. And yet? Buffy, what would I do with 40 chocolate bars? You could hand them out at the gallery. Buy something pre-Columbian. Get a free cavity. 20. You're a good mom. I'm the best. No, I'm pretty sure the best moms let their daughters drive. And yet... Oh, come on! Look, let's not have this conversation. But I took the class, I watched the film strips with the blood and the death and the corpses. I'm prepped. Honey, you failed the written test. They wouldn't even let you take the road test. That was a year ago, and I don't test well. She said two days before the SATs. I spent enough time not knowing where you are. I don't want to add to that possibility that you're on the highway to Chicago. I can't believe you. I'm not taking off again. Besides, if I wanted to, I could just get on a bus. Stop. Don't. I just don't want you driving, okay? I want you here. I'm here. Hmm? See me here? Hmm? I gotta go. What? You're going out? Giles, slay study double feature. Could be late. Again? Honey, don't you think Mr. Giles is monopolizing an awful lot of your time? And does he ever say sorry? Cut to the library. Giles is tying a blindfold tightly around Buffy's head. Ow! Sorry. Why do I put up with this? Because it's your destiny, and because I just bought 20 cocorific chocolate bars. <laughs> okay, you're just doing this to take a funny picture of me. I'm doing it to test your awareness of an opponent's location during a fight in total darkness. Now wait five seconds and then throw the ball at me. He silently backtracks and takes several steps away from her toward the cage. You ran out of new training ideas about a week ago, huh? Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Buffy turns around and faces the door to Giles' office. He smiles, thinking she's completely clueless as to where he is. Buffy throws the ball. It hits the wall high above the checkout counter and bounces off. It's not that simple, is it? The ball bumps him in the side of the head. Ow. Ahem. Yes. Well, very good. Thanks. Buffy takes off the blindfold and starts to head out of the library. W w where are you going? We have to patrol. I can't. Mom's in hyperdrive. She wants me home tonight. I told you. But, but I... 
I know, I know. She's out of control. Enjoy the candy. Cut to Angel's Mansion. The door to the atrium <laughs> is open. A shirtless angel is in view, practicing the slow, elegant forms of Tai Chi. <laughs> I, I forgot he did this. I feel like we need music right here. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy, sultry music's playing as it should. Buffy walks into the doorway and stops just to watch him, amazed at the fluidity and smoothness of his motions. Angel doesn't notice her and continues the exercises. He raises his head as he does so and sees Buffy standing there watching him. Angel says, Buffy. I didn't know you could do that. I'm, I'm feeling better. He can't maintain his posture and bends back, supporting himself with his right hand on his knee. Buffy rushes to his aid. Angel. She gets under his arm and helps him stand up straight. Let's get you inside. Cut to inside. There's a warm fire going on in the fireplace. Buffy picks up a small paper bag as they go past the coffee table in front of it. Angel says, it's late. How'd you get away? Oh, it's easy. Started a fire in the prison laundry room. Rode out in a garbage truck. They stop and let go. Oh. I'm joking. No garbage. Smell me. She steps closer to him, but stops. Angel just looks up at her. She lowers her arm and sighs. She puts the bag down next to him and steps over to an adjacent couch set at a right angle to his and sits. Also, but very stiffly. Angel says, how is, uh, Scott? Scott? Oh, um, boyfriend Scott. Uh, actually, he's not, he's fine. That, that's for you. It's fresh from the butcher. Thanks. You're being careful, right? With Scott? <laughs> the slaying. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Full of carefulness. I worry about you. I worry about you. I'm getting stronger. Yeah, pretty soon you won't even need me. That'll be better. Yeah. Cut to Buffy's house. She comes in and is startled by her mother standing by the stairs and looking at her unusually calmly while rubbing her fingers over a chocolate bar in her hands. Hey, uh, sorry I'm late. You know, Giles, I'll slay all the time. Giles steps into view from the dining room with his arms crossed and a stern look on his face. Hello, Buffy. Do you guys want to watch some television? I hear there's a very insightful nightline on. Buffy, you lied to us and you made us into your alibis. That's playing us against each other and that's not fair. I called Willow. You also lied to her about your whereabouts. We are all concerned. Joyce unwraps her chocolate bar and holds it out to Giles to take a piece. Oh, thank you. Look, I'm sorry, but I had to. Were you at the bronze? What was happening there that was so important? Bronze things. Things of bronze? You're acting really immature, Buffy. I know I'm not your parent, but I am responsible for you. I think your mom's right. Okay, fine. I'm acting like a child. Maybe that's because you're both treating me like I'm a child. Buffy. You're both scheduling me 24 hours a day. Between the two of you, that's 48 hours. I just want to be able to make a few decisions to my own life. The last time you made a decision on your own, you split. Yeah, and I took care of myself. I don't need this much active parenting. You can't really be trying to use this summer as a reason you should be trusted. You can't babysit me all the time. I need you to back off a little. Uh, all right, all right. Come on. Let's, let, let's not uh, freak out. Freak out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you should all go to bed. Um, we're all tired. Buffy walks off to her room. Her mother watches her go, shaking her head. Ugh, she's driving me crazy. I just want to protect her. Don't all parents want that? He reaches into his jacket pocket to pull out a candy bar of his own. There is an entire box of them on the coffee table next to various picture books. He starts to unwrap his bar. Yeah, but at least most parents have some idea what to protect their children from. Yeah, and I think we should both be especially careful. He breaks off a piece, sticks it into his mouth, and hands the rest to Joyce. 
<laughs> she takes a feast <laughs> and munches on it. <laughs> Giles reaches into the box on the table for yet another bar. We cut to the milk bar factory, makers of the best chocolate bar according to the box. A worker opens up the top box, takes out a bar, looks around to see if anyone is watching, and starts to peel back the foil. When suddenly, Ethan Rain comes up behind him and puts his hand on his shoulder. Trust me. You don't want to eat that. Ethan walks off as the worker quickly puts the bar back into the box before it gets sealed for shipping. Part two, study hall in the science classroom. Cordelia and Buffy are sitting at the table together. <sighs> I heard that there was a secret rule that if a teacher is more than 10 minutes late, we can all leave. It's Giles. Turn to watch study hall. Oh my gosh, what the frick am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're doing Maybe great. Maybe I do need to take a Yeah, you're doing class. great. You've got a lot of lines here. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> this happens at a professional table read all the time. Okay, okay, but did anybody hear Tabby's <laughs> We all did. I thought it was funny. Take a little, a little character out. <laughs> Some freedoms. I'm in the moment, okay? You know? <laughs> yeah, she's really failing it. <laughs> it's Giles' turn to watch Shetty Hall. He'll be here. He's allergic to late. He's a wound a little tight. I had this philosophy book checked out from like library from like a year ago, and he made me pay the fine, even though it was huge. I was sad to return it. It was perfect for starting conversation with college boys. Of course, that was BX. BX? Before Xander. Clever. Willow and Xander are at the table behind them. Xander is busy munching on a chocolate bar. I like chocolate. There is no bad here. You still have some left? I went to like four houses, and they were gone. It's like trick-or-treating in reverse. I know. These things are like selling hotcakes, which is ironic, because the hotcakes really aren't moving. The camera descends below the lab table, and their knees are touching. And they each dangle a leg from their stools and brush them against each other. Willow rubs her calf along Xander's shin. And it's uh, um, fun to sell chocolate. <laughs> and we're raising a lot of money for the band. Band, yeah, they're great. They, they march. Like an army, except with music instead of bullets, and usually no one dies. They rub their shoes against each other with their legs still crossed. Cordelia suddenly turns to face them. I can't believe this. Will and Xander immediately whip their legs apart. They both hit opposite legs of the table and make it lurch with a loud thunk and pray that they haven't given themselves away. Where is Giles already? I'm bored, and he's not here to give me any credit for it. Cut to the halls. Principal Snyder and Miss Barton are walking towards the classroom. Snyder has a chocolate bar in his hands. Snyder says, the big pinhead librarian didn't show up, and I don't want to do it. You do it. All right, fine. I'll do it. Everybody expects me to do everything around here because I'm the principal. It's not fair. We cut to the science room. Miss Barton comes in and claps her hands a few times to get the students' attention. Hey, we're all stuck here, okay? So now let's just sit quietly and pretend we're reading something until we're really sure that old Commandant Snyder's gone. Then we're all out of here. Does anyone else want to marry Miss Barton? Barton? Get Let me say that again. <laughs> Barton? Martin? Does anyone else want to marry Miss Barton? Get in line. I guess Giles isn't coming? I guess not. Cut to outside Giles' apartment. Buffy walks up to the door and goes in. Giles is crouched by a cabinet where he keeps his vinyl record collection, looking at an album. The sound of Buffy entering gets Giles' attention. He looks up. Buffy? Uh, sorry. I was just worried. 
You were a big knot there in study hall. And after your lecture to me on not ducking out, and what is my mother doing here? While she's talking, the camera cuts behind Giles and slowly pans right past his couch where, jo- where Joyce is sitting. We had an opportunity for, um, you might say, a summit meeting. It took priority over study hall. I called in. Oh, we decided that you made a good point earlier, honey. I did? Yeah. Which was? Uh, about us overscheduling you. Pulling you in two directions, uh, your home life and your duties as a slayer. Oh, that was a good point. We're working out a coordinated schedule for you. It'll be tight, but uh, I think we can fit in all your responsibilities. Sounds nice and structured. We've got more work to do here, honey, but why don't you give us a little more time? Um, take the car, and uh, Mr. Giles can drive me home. What? Excuse me? I meant what? Keys. Take them. You don't have to tell me twice. Well, actually, you did, but... Buffy snatches the keys. Bye! Bye, honey. Drive careful. Uh Uh-huh. She runs out the door without looking back. Joyce turns to face Giles. Do you think she noticed anything? He turns to face her. A cigarette dangles from his lips. He lights his lighter. No way. Joyce smiles and reaches down for a bottle that she has squirreled away under the end table. She twists off the cap. We cut to a residential street later that night, and Buffy and Willow are driving along in Joyce's Jeep. Tell me again how it happened. Told my mom I wanted to be treated more like a grown-up, and voila! Driving this. She takes a corner without slowing down and skids around. That shakes up Willow, and she begins to breathe nervously. (laughs) Awesome. I didn't know if you'd do it. That's so good. You can make me do whatever you want here, Steph. We're really filling our characters. (laughs) You really brought me into that car for a second there, Car. (laughs) Also, I think she wanted me... Otherwhere. Considering my mom and Jazz are planning my future, I think it's easier for them to live my life if I'm not actually there. Do you know that you have the parking brake on? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> are are you sure about the bronze? I, I mean the SATs are tomorrow. I can study at the bronze. A little dancing, a little cross multiplying. You know what we need. She reaches over, turns on the radio, and begins to turn the station dial. In the process, she bends over too low to see over the dashboard. Eyes on the road! Eyes on the road! (laughs) We cut to Charles' apartment. He's lying on his back on the floor. Coat and tie gone. Shirt unbuttoned. To reveal his undershirt, getting ready to light a pair of cigarettes as he grooves to the sound of Cream singing Tales of Brave Ulysses on vinyl playing on his record player. Joyce is sitting cross-legged in front of his record cabinet, looking through his albums as she grooves also. You got good albums. Yeah, they're okay. (laughs) Do you like Seals and Croft? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I always love that line. Uh, Giles hands her one of the smokes. Thanks. How come they uh, call you Ripper? Wouldn't you like to know? Hmm, wait a minute. Listen to this bit. It rocks. It's good. Man, I gotta get the band together. Hey, Ripper, you wanna watch TV? I know how to order... Wait, hold on. What? Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view? Is that a thing? What? Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> I'm too young. Okay, quick history with Kara lesson. Yeah. Um, back before we had streaming, there were special channels on TV where you could watch a movie, but you had to pay extra for it. So they'd have a selection of movies that you could pay for. I feel like we're going and it full would circle. Go on now. your cable bill. <laughs> Learn something new. I'm sorry. I, Kara. I'm 24. I should know this. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Ripper, you want to watch TV? I know how to order pay-per-view. Nah, let's go out and have some fun. Tear things up a bit. Okay, we can go to the bronze. Not bloody likely. That place is dead. (laughs) 
We cut to the bronze. A guy has his head tilted back as the bartender pours orange juice and vodka directly into his <laughs> mouth. His friends surround him and goad him on. There are unusual number of older people there. Dingles Ain't My Baby is on the stage performing violent. The dance floor is very crowded with people of all ages. Even the older couples are dancing to the beat of the band. On stage, Devin dances around to Lili- uh, around uh, just before the song begins. He leans over to Oz. Hey, they're digging us, man. <laughs> Cut to Willow and Buffy coming into the bronze. They look around at, unu- at the unusual mix of people in the crowd. Buffy and Willow give each other very amazed and concerned looks. Let's do the time warp again. Maybe there's a reunion in town or, or a Billy Joel tour or, or something. Miss Barton? Buffy? Whoa. Are you okay, Miss Barton? Oh, I'm cool, Willow. Willow, that's a tree. You're a tree. Yeah, uh, are, are there any nachos here, little tree? <laughs> are Are you sure you don't need some fresh air, Miss Barton? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves. <laughs> hey, this is not normal. Uh, well, well, maybe this goes without saying. Snyder spots them from behind and comes up between them. Snyder says, hey, gang, this place is fun city, huh? Principal Snyder? Call me Snyder. Just a last name, like Barbarino. Ooh, I'm so stoked. Hey, did you see Miss Barton? I think she's wasted. I'm going to have to put that in her next performance review because cause I'm the principal. I don't like this. They could have heart attacks. <laughs> uh, well... Maybe there's a doctor here. An older, shirtless man jumps up onto the stage, pushes Devin away from the microphone, stands and yells out into the crowd. Yeah! (laughs) I think that is my doctor. (laughs) The man jumps from the stage, expecting to be caught by the crowd, and they don't react fast enough, and he slams into the floor. He's usually less topless. I got a commendation for being principal from the mayor. Shook my hand twice. That's nice. Whoa, there are some foxy ladies here tonight. What's happening? (laughs) I don't know, but it's happening to a whole lot of grown-ups. They're acting like a bunch. They're acting like a bunch of us. I don't act like this. Cut to the milk bar factory. Boxes of chocolate bars keep rolling off of the line. Trick and Ethan walk through the shipping area. Demands high. I thought it might be. (laughs) That's the reason I love this country. You make a good product and the people will come to you. Of course, a lot of them are going to die, but that's the other reason I love this country. Hey, don't sample the product. But I didn't. Trick grabs the worker man by the overalls, pulls him into into a headlock and jerks his head around, breaking his neck and throwing him to the floor. Trick straightens his jacket and checks his pinky ring. They continue to talk. Okay, uh, how did you know he was... I don't. Now I know no one else will. We're getting close. Keep it flowing, it's almost feeding time. Cut to the bronze, the dingles are between sets, and Oz has joined Willow and Buffy. They all observe the crowd. Something's definitely changing them. A spell? They're teenagers. It's a sobering mirror to look into, huh? Snyder walks by, sees Oz, and stops. You've got great hair. He walks around Oz, smiling and staring at his hair. Suddenly, the music stops and a group of older men start singing Louie Louie up on the stage. They are all off key and out of sync and basically just plain terrible. But the crowd dances to them anyway. Louie 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 Louie
ourselves for that one that was really good good job everybody well done well done uh willow says it just gets more upsetting (laughs) several older couples on the dance floor kiss passionately no vampire has ever been that scary behind them a man staggers through the crowd drunk and munching on a chocolate bar he bumps into another man they face each other and begin to pick a fight steiner turns to face the group smiling and nodding his head vigorously fight We've got to figure out what's going on here. This has Hellmouth fingerprints all over it. Hey, where are you going? Cut to outside, the three teenagers rush out and head for Joyce's car. Snyder follows behind them, saying, Wait up, you guys! Hey, you guys aren't trying to ditch me, are ya? We should find Giles. He'll know what's going on, right? Sure, except for we all know he's sweet 16 again. He's with your mom at his place. Buffy starts the car, Snyder opens the door behind her and gets in. Snyder says, I said wait up! Uh, Snyder? No time. He's coming with us. She puts the car in gear and slams on the gas, burning some rubber in her hurry to get away. Snyder screams, Whoa, Summers! You suck at driving! We cut to the residential street. Two father types, one in his Volvo, the others in his Hyundai. (laughs) It's pretty specific. Are gunning their engines and munching on chocolate while waiting for the light to turn green. They look over at each other, nod, smile, anticipate that they're going to race. They both take big bites out of their bars. A moment later, the light turns and they're off, tires screeching loudly as the race across as they race across the intersection and down the street. Cut to the playground in a park. The mailman is sitting on the carousel reading other people's mail. Behind him, couples are necking and chasing each other around. Near the jungle gym, a couple of guys toss a frisbee. Cut to the streets. Buffy and company are co- are driving along at a fast clip. It'll be okay when we get to Giles's. Of course. I mean, even if he's 16, he's still Giles, right? He's probably a pretty together guy. Yeah, well... What? Giles at 16, less together guy, more bad magic hates the world ticking time bomb guy. Well, then I guess your mom's in a lot of trouble. Cut to the shopping district. Giles and Joyce walk along with their arms around each other. Must be exciting being from England. Not particularly. You cold? Nah. I feel special, like I'm just waking up, kinda. Oh yeah? Yeah, like uh, getting married and having a kid and everything was just a dream, and now things are back like they're supposed to be. Yeah. They walk past a boutique with some retro clothes on display in the window and stop to look. Joyce spies a feathered wrap. That's cool. Very Juice Newton. You fancy it? Yeah, but the store's closed. Giles takes a final drag from a cigarette, then tosses it aside. He grabs a trash can and idly swings it toward the store's display window. The glass shatters and an alarm goes off. Joy smiles widely and giggles hysterically while Giles climbs in and takes the wrap off the mannequin. He grabs the hat from the mannequin as well and sets it on his own head. Giles comes back and hops down to the sidewalk from the window opening. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, Ripper. Wow, that was so brave. Suddenly a policeman appears behind them and aims his gun at them. You're Leah, muted, you're Leah. Muted. <laughs> Was she on mute? Yeah, you're muted, Leah. Unmute Sorry. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I muted myself because I had to readjust. You're the most important person in this reading. I know. Sorry. Okay. okay. I got it. I got it. Hold it. Cut to the intersection and the gang in the car. Oh, that's me again. Uh, <laughs> Snyder says, this is great. Let's do donuts in the football field, huh? They head into the intersection. Another Jeep comes in the other direction. The driver's too busy eating a chocolate bar to realize that his light is red. 
Oh my god, look out! The other jeep hits them hard on the left rear door and back panel, making them spin around a quarter turn. Part three. The street in front of the boutique, the police officer has his Beretta 9mm, when before it was just a gun. <laughs> now it's more specific. Um, aimed at Giles, who lets go of Joyce to face him. Giles takes the hat from his head and tosses it aside. He steps toward the officer, waves his arms around, taunting him. Ooh, copper's got a gun. <laughs> You'll never use it, though, man. Well, so... Ripper, be careful. This distracts the officer, and Giles bats his gun-holding hand aside, grabs it, and holds onto it as he headbutts the older man in the forehead and knees him in the crotch and again in the gut. The cop doubles over in pain. Giles twists the officer's arm above his head and takes the Beretta from him and then knees him in the face. It's way more violent when you read it out like this. I know. It really is. <laughs> pretty brutal. Uh, the cop falls over unconscious. Giles sticks the gun into the back of his pants. Told him he'd never use it. You are so cool. You're like Burt Reynolds. In a flash, Giles has one hand around her neck and the other around her back. She startles and gasps. <laughs> Joy's going to let us a gasp. <gasps> but she doesn't struggle. Instead, she takes the gun out of her... Oh, she takes the gum. <laughs> Jesus. She has, it's not a bread. It's, a, it's gum. Yeah, I was like, yeah. That's why they did that, maybe. The um, spearmint, peppermint. <laughs> yeah, super specific about the she, gun. So yeah, she takes the hubba bubba out of her mouth and they kiss passionately. Giles leans her back over the hood of the car. The camera <laughs> follows her down and continues until it comes to rest on the emblem of the Sunnydale Police Department on the side of the car. Cut to Buffy's accident site. The two Jeeps are stopped side by side, facing the opposite directions. The driver of the other Jeep quickly gets out. Sorry, gotta go. <laughs> he runs off laughing as Buffy and the others get out of, the, out of her mother's car. Oh, God. Are you guys okay? Is anybody else all creeped out and trembly? Oh, Buffy, your mom's gonna kill you. Something's weird. Something's not? No grown-ups. No one's protecting their houses. Everyone's just wandering. A man runs up behind Snyder, grabs his chocolate bar, and runs off with it. Snyder screams, Hey! Hey, give it! And goes after the man. Defenseless. So, where are all the vampires? Soup's on, but no one's grabbing a spoon. Something's happening someplace that's else. I'd say something big. That guy took my candy! The candy? It's gotta be the candy! It's cursed! <gasps> a curse? I've got a curse? God, using candy for evil. My parents ate a ton. Buffy looks at Snyder and jumps at him, pushing him up against the the other Jeep. Who's behind it? I don't know. It came through the school board. If you knew that crowd. Where did it come from? Do you know where to get it? Yeah. You guys get Xander and Cordelia. Go to the library and look it up. Candy curses? <laughs> Disturbing second childhood. Got it. Rapo and I are going to the source. Cut to the loading dock behind the milk bar factory. Two men have cases of the chocolate open and are throwing them out into the crowd. The camera pans over the crowd, which is getting larger and rowdier by the minute, past Joyce and Giles, who are into some serious snogging, and come to rest on Joyce's Jeep as Buffy pulls into a screeching halt. She and Snyder get out and march over to the crowd. Just as she passes her mother and watcher, Buffy stops in her tracks. She turns to face them. Mom? Giles? Mm, go away, we're busy. Mom! <laughs> hey, where did you get that coat? Never mind. Listen. Back off. 
Giles, think about this. You want to fight me or you want to let me talk to my mom? Giles realizes he wouldn't have a chance against her and backs down, yanking his hand from her and up to the other side of his face where he grabs a cigarette from behind his ear. Mom, look at me. Do you know who I am? Of course, you're Buffy. Hey, look. Look, they're giving away candy. You want some candy? No, I don't. And you don't need any more either. I'm fine. I can have more if I want. You are not fine. You need to go home. Screw you. I want candy. Mom! You want to slay stuff and I'm not allowed to do anything about it. Well, this is what I want to do, so get off my back. Mom, please. This is... Oh, for God's sake, just let your mom have the sodding candy. Come on, Joyce. Mom, look at your car. Look at that dent the size of New Brunswick. I did that. Oh my god. What was I thinking when I bought the geek machine? Giles bursts out laughing. Buffy can't believe her response. She gives up and steps over to Giles. Listen to me. You need... No, you listen to me. I'm your watcher, so you do what I tell you. Now sod off. Buffy grabs a cigarette from his mouth and throws it down and stomps it out. Take her home. She heads for the crowd. Giles grabs Joyce's hand and starts off after her. Joyce. Buffy pushes her way through the crowd towards the loading dock. She steps up on her crate and dispatches the two men. She sees Giles and her mother at the base of the dock, stuffing chocolate bars into their pockets, and goes over to them. Mom! She grabs her by the arms and pulls her up. Hey! Oi, you leave her alone! Buffy kicks in the door of the factory as Giles hops up onto the dock. He follows Buffy and Joyce into the building. In the crowd, Snyder sees them go, Hey! Britface! Wait up! He scrambles to join them, cut inside. Buffy pulls her mother into the shipping area and lets go of her. Stay. The plate is piled to the ceiling with cases of milk bars. Buffy looks around to see what she can find. Across the room from the conveyor where the boxes are sealed, she sees a man on the phone listening. He's there alone. Giles and Snyder come up into the shipping area behind her. Snyder says, It smells so chocolatey. This is far out. The man starts talking on t- into the phone. Yeah, I've been out there. Town's wide open. You guys can go anytime. Buffy immediately recognizes the voice and crosses her arms as she closes the distance between them. Ethan Rain. He turns to face her and his eyes go wide with surprise. Upon hearing his name, Giles approaches him also. Joyce is close behind. Might want to hurry. Ethan. Ripper. He wastes no time breaking into a fast run. Buffy and Giles give immediate chase. We cut to the library where Oz and Xander are up in the stacks researching while Cordelia and Willow sit at the table looking through some promising volumes. At first it was funny, you know. They seemed like they were in a really good mood. Not like parents. And then... Badness? Mom started borrowing my clothes. There should be an age limit on lycra pants. And Dad, he just locked himself in the bathroom with old copies of Esquire. I don't get this. The candy's supposed to make you feel all immature and stuff, but I've had a ton and I don't feel any di- Never mind. <laughs> he holds the two books out for Willow to choose. I'll take that one. She takes hold of the book, but her thumb ends up on Xander's. And they both feel the electricity between them as they allow the touch to linger longer than it needs to. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing about this episode i'm like we have to go back to that again <laughs> we only just broke we just free. got past it <laughs> i know <laughs> it just comes screaming back all my anger um willow finally pulls the book from xander's hand and he heads back up the stairs with the other one cordelia stares into her book while willow follows xander with his gaze you want to swap what swap <laughs> you want to swap 
This book is really thick, and I'm not sure it's in English. Cut to the milk bar factory. Ethan runs around this maze of cases of candy bars. He reaches the end of an aisle and turns left. Buffy and Giles rush to keep up. They make several twists and turns, and finally, Buffy comes around a corner to to discover that she's lost him. Behind her, Giles stops running too and breathes heavily to catch his breath. Where? Buddy, hello. That's what smoking will do to you. Now be quiet. Well, where'd the bastard go? <laughs> Shh. What? Buffy pretends to go on, but then suddenly does a half-spinning hook kick into a crate. She yanks away a chunk of wood, reaches in, and pulls Ethan's head out. Look, a box full of farm-fresh chicken. Cut to Snyder and Joyce sitting on the conveyor. They are both munching on chocolate bars. Do you suppose they're okay? Mm-hmm. So, are you two kind of, like, um, going steady? Joyce rolls her eyes, sighs, and hops down from the conveyor to get away from him. Snyder watches her go, sticks another piece of chocolate into his mouth, and lets out a deep sigh. <sighs> we, cut to, <laughs> we cut to Buffy confronting <laughs> Ethan. So, Ethan, what are we playing? You're pretty much in a talk or bleed situation. Your call. Hit him. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that this wasn't my idea. Meaning? I'm subcontracting. It's trick you want. I'm just helping him collect a tribute for a demon. He's lying. Hit him. I don't think he is. And shut up. You're my slayer. Go knock his teeth down his throat. Giles! What demon? I don't remember. Buffy punches him solidly in the nose. He stumbles Oh. <laughs> he stumbles back against the broken crate. Giles jumps up and swings his fist through the air. Yes. Lurconus. <laughs> Demon named Lurconus. They wanted a way to get the tribute away from people. So you're just diversion guy. More than a diversion. Well, they said the tribute was big. So big that people would never let them take it. That people had to be out of it. And later on, when the candy wore off, they'd blame themselves. Hence, land of irresponsible. So where's Trick? I don't know exactly. Hit him again. No, I, I really don't know. Delivering the tribute. Which brings us to the bonus question. And believe me when I say wrong answer will cost you all your points. Where's the tribute? Or wait, what's the tribute? Who's the tribute? <laughs> Where's Gamora? Why is Gamora? <laughs> I understood that reference. Uh, we cut to the maternity ward at Sunnydale General Hospital. The phones are ringing off the hook and all of the circuits on the switchboard at the nurse's station are flashing. The nurse just ignores it all and watches her small television. Four vampires boldly enter the hall and walk right past the nurse. She doesn't even notice them. They turn down another hall, very sure of where they're heading. They reach the room where the newborns are kept and walk straight in. Each of them carefully takes a crying baby from its crib. They walk out of the ward, single file, gently holding the babies in their arms. Part four, the milk bar factory. Ethan is leaning against a table while Snyder crouches nearby, keeping an eye on him. Buffy is on the phone with Willow at the library. Right. Lurconis. Lurconis. A demon. What's his deal? See if it says anything about a tribute. A tribute? Like what? I don't know. My sources all tapped out. She whooped you good, huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I took Taekwondo at the Y. 
Snyder goes into a series of kicks and punches, grunting with each one, like, (laughs) as he advances towards Joyce, trying to impress her. She just rolls her eyes, looks away and sighs, unimpressed. Snyder realizes it didn't work and leans against the wall. No, 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 no. It's definitely a demon. A big one. Ethan spies a crowbar on the table and being unguarded now, reaches for it and begins to advance towards Buffy. Giles notices his advance. He pulls back the hammer in his stolen Beretta and points it at Ethan's neck. I wouldn't. Ethan stops cold in his tracks. Buffy turns around and swings the telephone receiver into Ethan's chin. He spins down to the floor, dropping the crowbar. Giles aims the gun, (laughs) the gum, at the back of Ethan's head. Execution It's style. interchangeable. Yeah, right? Who cares? Beretta, gun, like, pick one. Um, Buffy hands the phone to her mother. Giles, give me the gun. Giles, now. After another moment, Giles reluctantly gives up his weapon. Buffy stuffs it into the back of her pants. Joyce holds the phone out to Buffy. Uh, it's, um, it's Willow. She wants you real bad. Uh-huh. Okay, Oz just found it. The tribute to Lurconis is made every 30 years it's a ritual feeding and this one's late so it's probably you know a big meal oh and oh Lurconis eats babies buffy immediately hangs up and starts to go come on well what about that man buffy turns to see giles holding the crowbar over ethan who's still on the floor uh see if you guys can find something to tie him up with um joyce reaches behind her and pulls out a set of handcuffs dangling them from her thumb giving her daughter a sheepish but mischievous look never tell me cut to the maternity ward giles is outside the room talking with the nurse on duty something's gonna eat those babies i think that is so wrong she says she never saw who took them dozy cow i know who took them well then let's do something let's find the demon and and kick the crap out of it is that what happens now yeah if we knew where they were giles suddenly remembers a passage from a book and quotes it lucronus dwells beneath the city filth to filth what oh oh i know this one uh i knew this lucronus means glutton and we'll find it um, in the sewers the sewers oh good you do that thing with the demon and i'll stay here in case the babies you know uh find their way back babies must be so scared you filthy little troll are you afraid of a little demon if you want to splash around in the poo then you're the filthy one okay you know what everybody just stop it okay listen to me i need help okay giles i need grown-ups these children are gonna die if we don't act now okay and think clearly there's no room for mistakes besides you guys are just wigging me out Sorry. We'll behave. Good. Snyder, go home. I can do that. Giles, we're going into the sewers. Buffy sees Giles and her mother kiss and she cringes. And don't do that. (laughs) Cut to the sewers. (laughs) The camera pans around a round storm drain tunnel into a large chamber lit by firelight from torches and candles. Mayor Wilkins is standing in the back to observe the ritual. He he takes out his cell phone and dials his secretary. Trick is nearby watching the four vampires who stole the children as they chant in Latin. They are dressed in red robes standing on the wide concrete rim of the small pool. One of them steps down with a shallow bowl of water taken from the pool and begins to anoint each of the babies with it. All but one of the babies are quiet. Come on, big guy. You're not getting any fresher. Carol, hi. Yeah, call Dave on the Public Works Committee tomorrow about sewer maintenance and repair. I have some concerns regarding exposed gas pipes and infrastructure, ventilation. 
and uh, cancel my three o'clock. Suddenly, Buffy drops down from above through a manhole. The mayor turns his head to face her. Hi. She moves to start her attack. Behind her, Giles climbs down a few rungs of the ladder and drops down the rest of the way. The robed vampires quickly move to attack them. As Buffy fights two vampires, Giles and Joyce run over to the table with the babies and wheel it away. The mayor makes his escape down through the tunnels. Giles and Joyce get the babies to a safe distance where Giles leaves them and goes back to the fight. Buffy has staked the first vampire and he bursts into ashes. She kicks another backward into the rim of the pool and he back rolls into the water. Suddenly, they all hear a deep rumbling. The vampire tries to get up out of the water. The vampire climbs onto the pedestal in the middle of the pool. What the hell's that? Just then, a huge demon snake appears through another tunnel by the water. It sees the vampires on the pedestal, engulfs him, and retreats back into the tunnel. Lurconus, I'm thinking. Ordinarily, I like other people to do my fighting for me, but I just gotta see what you got. Just tell me when it hurts. She starts to advance on him. Giles rushes past her and pushes her back. Giles, no! He throws a solid left to Trick's face, but he isn't phased. He grabs Giles by the shirt and throws him into the pool. Trick makes a dash for it, while Giles starts to climb out of the water at the rim of the pool. The rumbling starts again, quicker this time. Buffy looks around frantically for a way to stop the demon. She spies a gas pipe above her and leaps up to grab it. It breaks under her weight, and gas begins to hiss out of it. Giles is out of the water now and rolls over the rim of the pool and down to the floor. Buffy angles the gas pipe into one of the torches, and it bursts into flames. She aims it at Lercotus, and the snake demon rears back and screams in pain. Buffy waves the pipe around until Lercotus is engulfed in flames. She pushes the gas pipe aside as the demon retreats back into the tunnel, screaming. Above her, Mr. Trick smiles down through the open manhole. You and me, girl. There's hard times ahead. They never just leave. Always gotta say something. (laughs) Can we go home now? Yeah, we can go home. I've got the SATs tomorrow. Oh, blow them off. I'll write you a note. No, it's okay. Poor babies. Come on. Cut to the mayor's office. Mr. Trick is sitting while Mayor Wilkins paces behind him. And your friend? Hate him. The man did his job. No reason to burn that bridge. This didn't turn out the way I had planned. Where's the downside? You just got yourself one less demon you have to pay tribute to. The way I see it, I did you a favor. I guess you did. In the future... I'd be very careful how many favors you do for me. Cut to Sunnydale High the following Monday. Snyder comes walking along at a quick pace. Xander sees him coming. Hey, Snyder, heard you had some fun Friday night. Have you come down yet? That's Principal Snyder. And that's a big yep. You look like four young people with too much time on your hands. Not really. Busy like a bee, actually. Be like Good. It seems we had some vandalism Friday on school property, and I was just looking for some volunteers to help clean it up. They all look at the be- at the bank of lockers just down the hall. Willow reads the words spray-painted in the typical lettering style of a rock band as Snyder walks through the group and closes Xander's locker. Kiss rocks? Why would anyone want to kiss? Oh, wait. I get it. Let's get you some paint remover. Cut to the front of the school. Giles and Buffy walk down the street. It was just too much to deal with. It was like nothing made sense anymore. The things that I thought I understood were gone. I just felt so alone. Was that the math or the verbal? Mostly the math. Well, if you scored low, then you can take them again. More SATs? Is there really a point? I could die before I even apply to college. And then you very possibly might not. Well, let's just keep hope alive. 
Joyce gets out of her car, closes the door, and walks up into the curb. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I say, your car seems to have had an adventure, doesn't it? Uh, Buffy assures me that it happened battling evil, so I'm letting her pay for it on the installment plan. Uh, hey, the way things were going, be glad it's, that's the worst that happened. At least I got to the two of you before you actually did something. She walks around to the passenger side to get in. Giles and Joyce both look at the pavement, embarrassed and not willing even to go there, but knowing that they did. Right. Indeed. It, yes. They both quickly pivot and head off in opposite directions. Fade to black! That is the end. Well done. (laughs) So funny. Well done. (laughs) Well done, everyone. The gum and gun was by far my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) I like adding in the sound effects. Like uh, you, Tabby, you gave a really nice like woohoo or whatever that was. (laughs) The screech. The screech. Yeah, the old man screech. (laughs) I think uh, uh, Kara nailed all of the ad libs. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And you were a really good Mr. Trick. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you were. Agreed. Yeah. You captured his charisma. Your your accent, Sarah, was very good. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the one to <laughs> I felt like it was like all I feel like I went Australian for a little bit. <laughs> I was impressed you attempted the accent because I wasn't yeah, going to. I would not have <laughs> yeah. my best. I think I'm gonna get so much flack. Steph, I liked how your narrator had opinions. Yeah, like, <laughs> once in a while my narrator has something to say. Very partial <laughs> narrator. Especially with Angel. Sweet, sweet Angel. So it's adding more to it. You're like he said, yeah. naked. You're like writing in your own like, thing. <laughs> Did I take liberties with what was already written, perhaps? Uh, but but no, like Leah also like you carried. I mean, like Buffy's not an easy role to play. So I mess up like every single line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His dyslexia is coming in. No, my literally. favorite part was when Buffy drops down through the grate. It's like this whole long narration, and Leah's just like. Hi. <laughs> Drop in. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so fun. Thanks, you guys, for doing this with us. Absolutely. Thanks so yeah, much for inviting fun. us, you guys. This was a blast. Thanks for thinking of us. Yeah, this was so fun. We'll have to do it again, like perhaps, you know, uh, later in season six where it gets a little little heavy. A little we'll have to- yes. yes. Choose one. Or we could do like... Uh, uh, no, I'm like, oh, think you have a lighthearted episode in season six. I'm yeah. like, we could do... Uh- Once more with feeling. Yeah, we'll sing one oh. more. Oh. <laughs> oh no! My favorite part in this recording was when we were all singing Louis. Oh. Louis. Oh, dude, we've got it in right. the I didn't We were know. supposed to be out of sync. Yeah, I didn't sure. No, sure. I didn't realize we were all supposed to be singing it, so I come in literally halfway through. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But that's what it's supposed to be, so good job. Maybe we can let our listeners uh, weigh in on what episode they would want us to cover yeah. next. Yeah, that's a good true. Idea. We'll leave that with them. And and hey, if anyone has any uh, opinions or any suggestions for us, just reach out to us at Becoming Buffy on Instagram or Prophecy Girls on Instagram. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca. See you next week. Bye.